0: Yeah. It is Tuesday, November seventeenth, here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the Week Eleven Waiver Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me again is Adam Krautwurst. And Adam, here we are. We're on the precipice of the FFPC playoff season. How are your teams looking at this point?
1: Yeah, man, it's right. <laughs> we're right on the edge here. It's been it's been a grind, and all kind of comes down to this last push here to get in. Uh, I actually I went six and one this week in the main main event, um, nice. which felt which felt really good. Um, the one I lost in though, I lost by like four points, and I just because I started the wrong guy, and I had uh, I had Dalvin Cook and I had Thielen going last night, and I finished like four points short, like going seven and zero. Oh. Um, but you know, it is, it, it is what it is, but yeah, so I got two teams right now that are locked into top two seeds, which is awesome. So it's it, basically locked into 2000 bucks each, which, which is great. And now I'm just kind of trying to get that sweet bonus, which is an extra thousand dollars. And, uh, and it's nice having that buy automatically into that, you know, into the big money weeks of 14 through 16. And then I've got, uh, two other teams that this, this is how amazing that this competition is, It's I have two teams that. Right now we're in the playoffs and if I score somewhere around 40 or 50 points I could have a 1 seed or if I get outscored by 40 or 50 I could be out of the playoffs completely. So <laughs> it's it's amazing how you can go from a from a 1 seed to a 4 seed to out in just one one week. So I'm going to be sweating it for sure um but it's all you know hopefully it'll all be worth it.
0: Well because fantasy is all about those sweats and all about reliving the pain who was the wrong guy that you played this past week?
1: Yeah. So I had to choose oh, it's so bad. So I have a co-owner. I'm not going to name it. I'm not going to name him. but <laughs> no, we got it. Uh, we had a, we, we started both Texans receivers and I love the matchup against, against Cleveland, started cook, started fuller. And then the wind thing came out Mm -hmm. and we just couldn't get I we couldn't get off of both of them and I I I would have started both Minnesota receivers because we also Mm -hmm. had Jefferson Mm -hmm. so starting Jefferson over either Cooks or Fuller would have would have blown the score away Mm -hmm. and uh we did we started Herbert over uh over Brady which Mm -hmm. we've been picking that wrong one for for a month now so that's another one where if we would have just picked that right combination one time over the last month we'd be locked into. So Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, if you go back and look over the course of the year and all the mistakes that you made, it'll drive you, it'll drive you crazy. But with the wind, we probably should have started both. It was just that, that bears matchup was just so, so, so tough. We wanted to stay away from it with the, with the Vikings.
0: Right. I'm at least I've been making wrong decisions long enough that I can at least talk myself into ones that were sensible and just didn't work out. I mean, Tom Brady versus Justin Herbert. I feel like that was a sensible one. Tom Brady was coming off his worst game of the season. And Justin Herbert has been God. So I I would have played Justin Herbert in my lineup. I would have been annoyed at not playing Tom Brady. But at least it's like, I mean, how could I really know that it was going to be that different between them this week? So, you know, we all we all spend the week after beating ourselves up. But I think it's important to look back and be like, well, did I really screw that one up? Or is that just how fantasy gets you sometimes?
1: Yeah, it got to the point where I was joking. I sent him a text. I said, Yo, we should just cut Brady so that we never have to, like, just pick a quarterback and cut him. So we don't have to worry about making no one else can pick him up because it's, you know, week 11. So just cut him and we never have to worry about it again.
0: There you go. Deontay Johnson versus Mike Williams is one that keeps biting me in a lineup and in a money league at, at home. So. I, yep. I feel the pain. And, you know, all we can do is try to make our best decisions at the time and, and then realize after the fact whether one was the wrong process or it just didn't work out for you. Yeah. But we'll look now to get those rosters set for the playoffs or for the push for the playoffs, depending on your particular setup. And we've got guys at every position tonight. So let's jump right in. The first one is injury driven, but. It gives us somebody that has produced in fantasy before and could produce as soon as this week. It's Jameis Winston, a quarterback.
1: I gotta tell you, I'm so excited just <laughs> to try to get him on a roster to see how much money he could possibly lose me this, this week. But um, so he's he's only owned in 0.48% of leagues <laughs> for the for the main event, which I found which I found interesting. But he has the number one uh according to the strength of schedule on, on draftsharks.com, he has the number one uh, strike the schedule rest away. You know, I I don't know how long he could be in there. Um, you know, there's some, there's some talk. It might just be one week. It might not even be one week. So, um, but yeah, he just, it's probably raises the level of all the receivers too, as far as the volume he could get. Um, you know, it's exciting and he gets the 31st ranked, uh, pass defense in the Atlanta Falcons. So in a dome, um, so it's kind of exciting the thought about having him there, you know, if you've got, you know, if you have Bridgewater uh, you know, Bridgewater's hurt. He might not play. Stafford's hurt. Um, you know, MVP Josh Allen is on a bye. You know, you got Goff. Goff, Rogers, Watson, and Brady all have the worst quarterback matchups this week next to next to Stafford. So if you've got any of those guys and you're like, and you need like a ceiling uh, to try to get you into the playoffs or something like that, and Winston does get the get the start against Atlanta, it might not be a bad idea. I'll be interested to see how many teams um, need a quarterback this week and put, put some money in on him.
0: I tell you what, too, if I'm in good shape and uh, I, I don't have anything that I need to buy on waivers this week, I would probably go ahead and try to buy Winston just to keep him from going to a team that's trying to get in the playoffs or trying to beat me for playoff seating. Because, I mean, there's certainly potential for this to go either way with Jameis Winston. We've seen him do both things in positive or negative matchups. So he could absolutely come out and implode this week. But, you know, he could also come out and put up, 30 fantasy points we've seen that happen and he's got plenty around him in new orleans to be able to do that atlanta seems to be playing a little bit better on defense but it's still not a defense to worry about so i agree that winston is going to factor heavily into the fantasy landscape this week one way or another assuming he's the starter i mean right hasn't told us yet he says he's going to keep it a secret until the end of the week frankly for a non-fantasy standpoint I kind of hope we get a Taysom Hill game just so we can see what an entire Taysom Hill game looks like as long as the commentators are on mute so I don't have to hear them talk about how awesome and fun Taysom Hill is. But I think (laughs) that the money seems to be on Jameis Winston playing and and the upside is definitely there. He's, He's well worth going after on waivers.
1: And here's the thing too, like if Winston, they, they could announce Winston the starter and Hill could still get more touches than he normally gets. He, he, he probably will, you know, he might get all the, you know, he might get the goal line work and all that stuff. So even if you do pick up Winston, Hill might vulture a lot of the, you know, the kind of the high leverage points situations there. So man, I, I have a league of a football guys league where I'm, where I'm right on the edge making it in and I have Josh Allen and Teddy Bridgewater and I don't know if I'm going to have a quarterback for for this week you know so it's hard you know do you pick up Hill and Winston and do I do I have room for it it's just a lot of decisions to be made um, especially in the main event but hopefully most people are are set at quarterback but it'd be interesting to see if someone's got room and money to pick up Winston and stash him and see, see how he does
0: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly – their actions suggest that it's going to be Winston, given he came into the game. We'll see for sure. I think it's it's Sean Payton getting a little cute, but – Um, You know, good spot. And then they play Atlanta again the two weeks later. Like you said, we don't know how long Drew Brees is going to be out. He's got multiple rib fractures. He had a collapsed lung. He's talking positively. It could be anywhere from one game to like the rest of the regular season. I know that was one of the reports from Ian Rappaport, I believe it was, saying that the Saints hope to have him back in time for the playoffs. So there's really no telling. Jameis Winston's worth picking up by somebody. Consider adding him even if you don't need a quarterback, but you don't need anything else this week as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I hate to keep harping on it, but it's like, can you imagine? So Breeze, you know, he's, he's old, the cracked ribs and all all that stuff. He's like your age or something like that. So, you know, he's (laughs) He's older. That's right. He's older. So, I mean, you're right. And if, and if Winston comes in and plays well, or if Taysom Hill comes in, can you imagine Winston getting hurt and now Hill gets like Atlanta week 13 all by himself? I mean, that could be an absolute, you could win a ton of money. Championship week in the, in, the, in the main event with Taysom Hill as your quarterback, so that might be the play too. But a have in on him if you got room, stash him, and you might have a, a, a league winner week week thirteen. Hey,
0: if you got a dollar and a roster spot a, and a dream, a dollar bro, and a
1: dream, baby, baby bro.
0: But now, though, let's move on to running back before things really get silly. When we haven't even gotten halfway <laughs> through the players here, first running back. Speaking of silly, is Kalen Balaj, and this is a game that I had to project for Draft Sharks this week, and it I'm just. So sorry. I had to have a puke bucket next to me while doing the numbers <laughs> for Kalen Balage because, I mean, I figured like everybody, the one week was just kind of luck for him with Troy Main Pope already out, Justin Jackson going down. Now, Troy Main Pope's coming back from his concussion. Time for Kalen Balage to crawl back into a hole. No, Kalen Balage was the lead back, the clear lead back last week. Troy Main Pope disappeared. So, I mean, assuming uh, Justin Jackson's now on IR, so we know he's going to be out. We're assuming yep. Watson Eckler is not back at this point. We'll see how soon he's back. But Kalen Bellage has taken sixty-five percent of the Chargers running back carries over the past two weeks.
1: Yeah, he's exactly. You know, it's, it's 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 gross. It's you know one of those one of those one of those Adam Gase things, right? Um, but yeah, get uh, he's get the Jets this week too, and that's 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 the thing, man. He could be. And I'm just trying to think, like, in what scenario? So we have him on here where we were recommending picking him up. He's owning 84 percent of leagues, league, so he's not available in a lot, a lot of spots. But if you do have him, or if you want to pick him up, it's like, man, would you do you start him over a guy? See, at th- this time of year, what you got to do is you got to look at a guy. Am I going to start him over who I have? Because if I'm not, and he's not a like a like a league winning stash, I don't want him. But so you look at Bellage. Like If I have Jonathan Taylor, am I going to start Belage this week over Jonathan Taylor? Probably, you know, against the Jets. Uh, sure. You know, he's, he is the lead, the lead back there. Um, so Eckler's not going to be back this week. Jack is, Jackson's not going to be back, man. I say, go pick him up and start him. You know, get, he gets, he gets the jets and I don't know who he has coming up if, after that, but you know, I think he's got a pretty good, he gets Buffalo goodness goodness gracious their run defense is terrible you know so yeah it's 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 the jets and the bills and maybe you get him for two weeks so yeah i would go out and get him i would go out and get him and start him over guys like jonathan taylor over those kind of like flex running backs because he is capable they're a high scoring scoring offense i think they're like fourth in the league in yards you know so uh, go pick him up and start him
0: Yeah, they score points and they give the running backs a lot of touches. They have had injuries to everybody in the backfield. They've shuffled everybody in and out of the lineup. And yet the Chargers, I believe, rank 10th in the league, 10th most running back carries in the league so far this season. So as you mentioned, the Jets matchup only makes it more likely that they play from ahead, that they run the ball as much as they want to. Kalen Balazs can also catch the ball. It's one thing he's done better than running the ball for much of his career So he's a top 15 running back this week on Draft Sharks across formats, and I I don't like it, but there's upside beyond that spot. He could finish top five for the week, and I mean, I don't know. I feel like maybe we should call the season if that happens again. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Next on the running back list is another guy, actually a, a guy that probably pretty much nobody knew before last week.
1: Yeah, we got how do you pronounce it? Selman
0: exactly. Ahmed.
1: I don't wanna, you know, I don't wanna offend anybody, but uh Salman Ahmed, uh only owned in sixteen percent of, of main event leagues. So um, you know, he dominated the backfield work on Sunday over, over the Chargers. You know, my thing is with, with him, he look he he did look good. I w- I I'll give him that. Um turned 90 yards and a score, great. But you got Gasson coming back in a week. You know, you got Brita probably coming back this week. Now, if Brita, if we knew Brita was going to be out again, for sure, I would, I would recommend Ahmed um, higher, but I just don't think like, I don't think you're going to start him this week. If Brita's back, I don't, you know, it's not, I mean, he might ball out, but when you're playing at this point for the money. Um, I just wouldn't I wouldn't trust him with Brita back. So I, I wouldn't even necessarily recommend picking him up because I don't think long term he's there because Gaskin's there and Brita's eventually gonna, gonna be back. And even this week, you know, I don't think what do they have? Denver.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Denver's like a positive neutral matchup, I think. You know, I can go we'll look it up now, but um, but yeah, I just don't I just don't see it this week. Uh, yeah, they're like positive neutral. So it's not it's, it's not a big deal there. Um, so I don't see it this week. I don't see it long-term. I'd rather focus my money on Kaelin Balazs or some other guys where we're, we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, if I don't like anything else that's on the wire and I have a spot to burn, I'll go ahead and add Ahmed. But I, I agree. If Breed is back, I, I mean I, – I don't think the is going to take over the job. I don't think anybody's going to take over the job. I think it's going to be a committee if Breed is back because Ahmed was good last week. They are playing Denver. It's kind of a neutral matchup in terms of the run defense, but it's positive in that Miami's likely to play with a lead against Denver because Denver stinks at this point. So,
1: yeah. he's an okay,
0: got to add, but I agree. I'm not going out of my way to get him. Uh, we'll see if the touches get spread around anymore. Um, touches get spread around in Seattle and another guy took over the touches this past week with Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, still out. It was Alex Collins stepping in to lead the backfield and carries.
1: Yeah. And he's looked, you know, he's looked okay. I know, you know, dra- draft sharks and, you know, has never really been been high on him. I haven't really liked him. He doesn't, you know, but he always, you know, it doesn't matter if Seattle likes him. That's all. That's all. That's all that matters. But you know, Chris Carson's probably coming back th- this week and or Carlos Hyde is coming back th- this week. Um the matchup isn't good against Arizona and Philly the next two weeks. So I kind of just want to put out Alex Collins on here to talk about like how I, I, I wouldn't pick him up. I didn't want I didn't want to not leave him on here because people think that we forgot about him. I he's only owned in one percent of league, so he's gonna be available everywhere. I doubt, you know. I guess if you have Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde, or if you've got one of them and you want to start one of these backs and you want to get them so you can start the one that, that, that plays, you can add him for a couple bucks if you can get him. But again, I wouldn't count on him. I, I would get Ahmed over him for sure. And I would certainly get Kalen Balage over, over him. So I wouldn't maybe at the bottom of your, of, of your list of guys, you know, you can, you can add Collins, but it's, you know, it's a Thursday night game. So you'll know, you know, if you've got Hyde, if you've got Carson, but I think those guys will be back. And if those guys are back and active, Collins is worthless.
0: Yeah. Carlos Hyde was, so they did the estimated practice report for Monday's practice uh, because they're playing Thursday night. Carlos Hyde was limited on that. Chris Carson was still not practicing on that, I believe. And I haven't seen a Tuesday report yet. So like you said, we will at least get game statuses for these guys before waivers run Wednesday night. So we'll know if Alex Collins is a thing or not. And if both of those guys are at least questionable, I, I agree. Collins is like a filler level running back. If you need a running back, if you need somebody to put in your lineup, he's fine because it's an offense that can score and it's a matchup that's not scary, should be well, potential shootout conditions, at least, Arizona at Seattle on Thursday night. Uh, so beyond that, nothing exciting. I've never been a big Alex Collins fan, but anybody who's running behind Russell Wilson is at least worth a look. Beyond the guys that are likely to be, be available in FFPC leagues, there are some others for those who might be playing in home leagues or otherwise. Naheem Hines, of course, had the big game this past week, and I, I, he might even be floating around in a few FFPC leagues. I doubt it at this point, but... Obviously worth rostering everywhere. The thing I would say for Naheem Hines is to beware trusting him as the Week 11 starter. There was a report last week that the running backs coach for the Colts told Frank Reich uh, Naheem is rolling right now. Keep him in the game. So it's not like Frank Reich said, tonight is going to be your night, Naheem. We're going to get you a bunch of touches. It got started and it became a hot hand situation.
1: He, lo- he looked good the last week. I'm not going to take anything away from him. He, d- he did look good. So it's interesting because I have so much invested in Jonathan Taylor and I want to just believe. But I, you know, so Jonathan Taylor plays the first series. He starts, he picks up a, a fourth and one, maybe even two four for fourth and ones. I think they take him out. They put, uh, I forget who they, they they put in, but he didn't convert. Wilkins, I think they put in, he didn't convert the fourth and one, you know, and then uh, now Hines comes in. It was like, it was his turn to come in. And then he never gave up the, the, the role after, after that. He, he did look good. Uh, I was going to ask you, I know he's not on our, obviously our waiver wire pickup list. Cause I think he's only like 99.7% uh, of leagues, but yeah. How does draft sharks feel about him this week? I mean, I think he's got a, he's got a matchup. Who, who do the Colts have? I think they're green Bay. Yeah. So they're gonna be playing from behind maybe in this game. Are we thinking Hines in, in the pass catching role?
0: I don't know. I think that should be a close game. I mean, Indy shouldn't be a team that Green Bay blows out. Uh, Naheem Hines, I I think, is their top running back right now. Jonathan Taylor is the biggest talent, but I think the entire package that Naheem Hines brings, he finally showed last week and should be getting more of a chance to show that. Whether he does, history to this point tells us we should not bet on that happening again, but... uh, I think at this point, when we don't know what to expect week to week from the Colts running backs, we should at least go with the guy who's coming off the hot hand performance, who can produce as a receiver, who can run the ball. He's not going to be a lead back, but can do all the things. So I would like to not be in the situation where I have to start a Colts running back this week. But if I am, Hines is going to be my first Colts running back into the lineup.
1: Yeah, I am. And I had Hines in six, I have Hines in six leagues. I think one main event. And five football guys, and I didn't start him in a single in a single one last week. So now, of course, I'm gonna he's be burning a hole in my pocket. So I'm gonna go start him, and and he's gonna be and it's like so it's funny. So two weeks ago it was Wilkins, this week it was Hines, this last week it was Hines. So maybe it's Jonathan Taylor's turn this week. Who knows? It's a roll of the dice. But I will say Hines did look good, and I do think so. There, there, it is a positive matchup against against Green Bay. I think it's like mm-hmm. the, uh, like the seventh best matchup this this week. So maybe they get in a shootout, and he gets, you know, he gets the, the pass catches. But Taylor, I still think is their goal line back. He got opportunities last week it's just and it's just one of those things where you want your running back to do so well and you just notice every time he gets the ball there's five guys in the backfield that that crush him like jonathan taylor and then every time heinz gets the ball he gets to pick whichever hole he wants to run through so you know hopefully uh taylor if you are starting him he gets the goal line work again this isn't a jonathan taylor podcast but uh <laughs> we could turn it into one
0: it's <laughs> sound like a dad watching jonathan taylor
1: that's right. I'm a, I'm a heartbroken father. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Gallman available in a little bit more than 50% of ESPN leagues playing solidly. The offense is picking up the giants scored 27 points against the Eagles on Sunday. It's their second highest total of the season. They have now amassed 350 plus total yards in three straight games after not reaching that number in any of their first seven games. So the offense is doing better The schedule the rest of the way is negative for rushing, according to our strength of schedule page, but it's not scary matchups. Baltimore in week in week sixteen is really, I think, the only true avoid on that list for wayne gallman if you have him a week 11 bye obviously kind of complicates it a little bit but wayne gallman's somebody who should be stashed on a roster at this point especially if you're weak at running back and you're making decisions at running back week to week he's not going to be somebody that you're starting over guys that you drafted and have been delivering for you but you know if you're struggling as many are running back i think wayne gallman can help
1: he's looked good too credit to uh to greg Crackrock rock canter. He's been kind of touting him on Twitter. I know he's got him in the DS invitational. He keeps rubbing it in my face because he's got him and I don't. And, and our uh, Sa- we both took Saquon Barkley and now he's in the top five. And I'm lingering at 21 overall. So uh but yeah, he was certainly a good, a good handcuff. He's he's gonna pay off for, for some
0: people. Cam Akers is still available in about 74% of ESPN leagues. He was the only Rams running back that not that didn't score a touchdown in week 10 against Seattle, but Akers was the guy that led the backfield in carries, and he led the Rams running backs in carries in the first half. I mean, it was only five carries, so it's not like he was a workhorse, but it at least means that it wasn't like the Rams got up and then loaded up the rookie on carries late in the game. They had him involved early on, which is worth noting because he has not done a whole lot for most of the season. So I'm not saying grab Cam Akers and start him in week 11, but... Grab him now and let's see where it goes against the Bucs and the 49ers the next two weeks because then there are better matchups both for him and for the overall scoring offense of the Rams beyond that if we see Cam Akers continue to build his workload.
1: Yeah, I'm just laughing because this must this must be what Jonathan Taylor owners sound like when we're trying to like, yeah, but he had his carries in the first quarter. He started the game. We're just looking for like any any inch of, of, of hope, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, if Cam Akers is available, again, he's a guy where if he's available, grab him. Uh, I don't think he's available in the main event because guys know that if there is an injury or two uh, or a COVID issue, all of a sudden you have the number one back on a team that, that scores points and likes to run the run the ball. So he's certainly worth owning. But me personally, I would never start him unless unless he's the only healthy running back because they just, I don't know, they just don't they just don't like him this year. So we'll see maybe maybe next year.
0: It's at least encouraging that he's getting some work despite a rough season to date. Now let's move on to receiver Let when we hear the Michael Pittman case again.
1: He looks good. Um, I think he's the best receiver there r- right now. Um, they're giving him the ball. You know, he, I think he led. Yeah, he led the Colts with eight eight targets. He even had a carry. Um, it's not. He look. He looks healthy coming back, and he's got a nice upcoming schedule: Packers, Titans, Texans, Raiders, Texans. So, yeah, he's certainly worth. He's only owning sixty seven percent of the leagues. Certainly worth adding, and maybe even starting him if you have a guy like Tyler Lockett who's who's hurt. And you need. Uh, and you need a wide receiver.
0: Josh Reynolds. I actually hadn't realized how many targets he was getting leading into. Uh, last week's game. But he's been more involved than I realized. It was his third straight game of eight-plus targets and four-plus receptions against Seattle this past weekend. Uh, he looks like a wide receiver four-level consideration. The Bucks are a tougher matchup in Week 11, though they haven't been as tough on wide receivers lately as they were early in the season. Then 49ers, Cardinals, Patriots next three after that. And big finish, though, with the Jets and Seahawks. So, I mean, I think that unless you need a receiver right now, that's the area that you want to grab Josh Reynolds for and stash him, especially in, you know, a large field kind of thing where he could just explode in one or both of those games. Exactly. That's such a
1: good point. He's one of these guys where you're going to want to, you're going to want to stash him because I was just trying to compare him to Tyler Higby last year. So I think McVay th- Found something in Tyler Higby last year, and he kept going to it, and he kept going to it. Josh Reynolds might be that guy this year, where you know he's had a couple great games, well, not a couple great games, but he's been having a couple games with targets, catches. He finally had his opportunity against Seattle's historically awful pass defense. So maybe he, maybe he continues to go with it. You know, I think he's, he might be the most talented physically receiver there. Uh, so. You know, they've obviously found found a spot for him. He's he's been showing out And those last couple of money weeks, man. You might if you've got if you've got the cojones to start him against Seattle again in the fantasy playoffs, he might he might pay off for you.
0: And he's potentially startable this week if you are not you know, loaded at the other positions and you're playing four receivers. There is potential for Josh Reynolds this week, especially because, you know, they do have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods that the Bucks are gonna have to account for. And the Bucks are certainly not loaded at cornerback. They're good overall on defense, but they're not Uh, full of stoppers at cornerback. So there's potential for him to score this week as well. Sure. Uh, Jakeem Grant is another wide receiver worth grabbing if you're in need at wide receiver or just have a a spot to play with. Four catches, 43 yards, a touchdown on five targets. Last week against the Chargers, just missed his second touchdown in that game as well, which could have made him an even bigger bright spot on the waiver wire this week. It was his third game of four catches among the past four. And of course, Preston Williams is out This was his first game since getting hurt. He's going to miss at least two more because he's on IR. Who knows beyond that? It's a foot injury, so there's no guarantee that after three weeks, Preston Williams will be ready to go. And, I mean, if the Dolphins keep winning, they might be even a little bit more patient with that foot on the second-year receiver. The next three are the Broncos, Jets, Bengals. So – Definitely all winnable matchups.
1: Yeah, you know, definitely winnable matchups. I just don't know if I trust uh, You know, he's he's looked okay. You know, the defense and the special teams has really been, been carrying them. You know, and again, it's not Jakeem Grant. Am I going to pick him up? Am I looking at my roster here that's trying to win a half a million bucks? Am I looking at it going, Jakeem Grant's going to start over any of these guys? You know, am I ever going to feel confident? Maybe against the Jets or Bengals. If I had a couple injuries, I just don't know if there's anybody on my team that I'm willing to drop at this point. To pick up Grant, but you know, I don't know how a lot of these rosters look. You might have a third tight end that you want to that you want to dump, and you're looking for just a, a receiver to to kind of add out to, to your roster. But um, yeah, he's looked he's looked okay, but I want to see them really have to you know push the ball downfield and really have to do some things in the passing game before I before I trust him.
0: Yeah, definitely not a must add. And if you're sitting there thinking, I really don't want to drop this guy for Jakeem Grant, then you probably shouldn't because Jakeem yeah. Grant is not going to win the main event. But if you're in a position where you picked up Danny Amendola last week or yeah. you know somebody else along those lines, that's the kind of spot that you can drop Amendola and pick up Jakeem Grant and maybe get some help from him. So certainly weigh your own roster. And just because we name a guy here doesn't mean that you should go make a bid on him. For home leagues, a guy that I'm sure is not available in FFPC leagues, but Jalen Rager of the Eagles, certainly not a good game against the Giants, but did catch four balls for 47 yards. And he's matched Travis Fulgham in playing time and uh, targets atop that wide receiver core already. So we haven't really had a chance to see Rager produce yet. I can't say that he would be a comfy start against Cleveland this week, but somebody to stash on rosters. I think in fantasy leagues, everywhere like 12 teams or more, if you're in a 10 team, we forget about Jalen Rager and stay out of the Eagles math, but there's still upside to this speedy rookie.
1: Yeah, certainly upside to him. He's owned a hundred percent of main event leagues because everyone sees it and they're kind of waiting for that, that game. And maybe they'll get a chance to start him in that game. You know, he's just hard to hard to trust again. And usually teams again, when you get to this point, Teams are really, really your your fantasy teams loaded. You know, especially when you get to the playoffs, even weeks fourteen through sixteen, those fantasy teams are loaded. So it's gonna it's gonna be hard to find a spot for Rager to get into your starting lineup. But again, he's certainly worth owning. They have a really nice schedule here down the stretch: Cleveland, Seattle, Week Twelve. That that might be a spot to start him. You know, they get Arizona, fifteen, Dallas, sixteen. So yeah, if you're receiving course thin you know, if you, if you want a robust running back and you've got a, you know, a couple good running backs to start and you're kind of filling in the pieces at receiver Rager might find a spot for you week, week 12 and maybe week, uh, week 16. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, ideally we get Jalen Rager like eight targets or something this week, regardless of what he produces on those really, man. I mean, four catches on yeah. eight targets. I would take that at Cleveland this week and then next week, if you're weighing guys for that second flex spot or, you know, Fourth receiver, whatever, various lineups in whatever league you're playing in. That would be the ideal scenario so that we can consider him strongly against that Seattle defense. Yep. Over at tight end, in case you need a filler option, I think Kyle Rudolph, Trey Burton stand out as, as potential options. Kyle Rudolph gets Dallas this week. Of course, the question with him is whether Irv Smith re- remains out. He missed Monday night's game. Kyle Rudolph was decent. Trey Burton has been decent to the Packers this week for a Colts team that's still not loaded at wide receiver. And then Dalton Schultz is one of the guy to consider. He's a sneaky potential add, and I don't know what his availability might be like in tight end premium leagues. But I know that he's available in plenty of one tight end leagues. And among Cowboys since Dak Prescott went down, that's four games now. Only Amari Cooper has caught more passes.
1: Yeah. So so kind of back to Rudolph. He's I I have a league where I own where I have Irv Smith. And I have, like, the 49ers tight end mishmash over there. So 49ers run a bye. Irv Smith's hurt. So it's a guy you – know Kyle Rudolph, he showed you. He got f- five targets in the Monday night game, four for 63, which you will – in this tight end landscape, in tight end premium you will absolutely take four for 63. I just don't – Rudolph just isn't. You know, he, he fumbled. He had a – a holding call on a huge Dalvin cook run that probably would have won me the game. You know, it's just, I just don't think he's that good. He's old as well. Like I would much rather hit, have him be hurt and Irv Smith be, be in there. But, um, yeah. but Kyle Rudolph certainly worth, worth, worth picking up it, depending on your situation. Again, we're getting to the point now where if you drop skill guys, you can't, you can't pick them back up. Um, this roster that you're building now is probably going to be the one that's set for the rest of the year. So if, if you need a tight end spot to get you into the playoffs, Rudolph might be your be your guy if you're just looking for kind of depth maybe or you know you could you, you could probably do better than, than Kyle Rudolph
0: yeah I'm afraid that we're not James Woods from any given Sunday we don't get to decide who's injured and who's not Adam so, that's right <laughs> if you need a filling guy by the way that was Kyle Rudolph's first career fumble so I'm not going to hold that one against him especially facing Chicago Kyle Rudolph <laughs> not exciting uh, he's Jack Doyle and so, so sometimes Jack Doyle is just what you need that, that's right. Oh, Lord. Before we finish up, I want to mention one defense because the Dolphins defense could be available. And if it is, it's a strong addition for this week and several beyond this. They get the Broncos this week. So that's been a nice matchup. And they might even be without Drew Locke this week. So uh, going back down to Brett Rippon, who I mean loaded up on points against the Jets, but I wouldn't bet on them scoring a bunch of points. But anyway. Broncos, good matchup this week. Jets, good matchup next week. Bengals, fine matchup the week after that. Avoid the Chiefs in week 14, but then Patriots in, in week 15 are another potential spot. So there could be four spots to start the Dolphins over the next five weeks. If you already have a defense and it's got a bad week 11 matchup, I think the Dolphins might be worth pairing with that other defense for playoff time in FFPC.
1: I think that's definitely a good one. You know, their defense special teams is definitely – picked it up They have a nice little schedule. You know, another couple defenses we talked about last week because you really wanted to get ahead of this was, you know, Carolina, Houston. I think we brought up Minnesota too because, yeah, because Minnesota's got Dallas this week, Um, although I think Dallas will look a little little bit better coming out of the bye. But Carolina's got got Detroit and Minnesota these next two weeks, Detroit maybe without Stafford. You know, Houston's got New England in, in, in Detroit. So those are some good ones to pick up. Um, the only thing about Carolina, be careful, is Carolina has a week thirteen bye. So the only way you can add Carolina is if you really. Well, I guess you you can add and drop defenses and, and kickers during this thing, but you know just just be wary. Don't you know? Don't have try not to make sure that they're the only defense on, on your roster. But they're certainly worth worth adding. And um, you know, against Detroit this week with Stafford, they could they could put up a big week. But Houston and Minnesota and then Miami would be some some teams I'd be looking at.
0: Yeah, I'd be much more interested in the Panthers against Chase Daniel than Matthew Stafford, for sure. Sure. That's going to do it for this Week 11 waiver Wire edition of the podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. You can check out our full free agent focus articles for both offense and IDPs. The rest of the way rankings are up to date, and the strength of schedule pages can help you get set to play the matchup beyond this week. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftCharts. Adam is at Adam underscore Krautwurst. And I am at SchaufDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Adam worse and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaff saying thanks so much for swimming with us.